What's up? Welcome to the Fit Trials Podcast. I'm Tori. I'm an online fitness coach possessed by cultivating fitness transformations. I take the exhausted, tried everything individual and breed them into a healthy lifestyle machine. With guest appearances from other entrepreneurs in all industries, we tackle the trials and tribulations of fitness and business together and have a little fun in between. So if you're ready to level up, let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. I'm here with my good friend, Maria Bentz, and she is a marketing genius. She runs website design and SEO, and she is here to talk to us about marketing, about mindset, and how to navigate being a new mom and basically balancing that as an entrepreneur, (laughs) which is a feat and I'm not even there yet. So I will let her introduce herself fully. Hi, Maria. Welcome. Hey, hey. Well, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for that introduction. Life has definitely been crazy. (laughs) But um, a little bit about me. So I've been in marketing for about five years. I went to school. um, My major was visual communications at a fashion school in LA. Yeah, I originally wanted to get into more of like fashion and entertainment industry. But my major is all about basically advertising and marketing in a visual form. So we did a lot of stuff with web and Photoshop and then also a lot of hands-on stuff. But I originally thought I was going to go a different route and work more in fashion. I worked with Macy's did a lot of like styling stuff for them, like visual merchandising and styling. It was a lot of fun, but did not pay very well. <laughs> yeah, I feel that in-person training yeah. pay very well. <laughs> yeah, so at the time I had this like little fashion blog and this was like 2011 maybe. And um, blogging wasn't huge, but I was getting like decent traffic at that time. I think I was getting like a thousand people per month visiting. And my mom was like, you know, like, yeah, I was like, gosh, if I could have a thousand people visiting, <laughs> visiting me now. No, but um, my mom was like, hey, like, you know, you're really good at this. I've always was in the online space. Like ever since I was really little, I loved doing something like that. Like aside from the fashion blog, when I was like in middle school, when MySpace was still around, I had my own like little MySpace layout website that people could take like their own codes and like copy my layouts. I I was always like super nerdy in this space and I like loved it. Like in middle school, I'd wake up at like 5 a.m. to like check out my MySpace layout website to see how many people like visited, how many people are using the layouts. Like I was obsessed. So I always had this in me. So um, fast forward to 2011. Um, I loved working with Macy's, but again, like it was not paying bills. I was getting married, living in California. I was like, I'm not going to be able to sustain a good lifestyle that I want working at this job. So my mom was like, Hey, you're really good at this. Why don't you start looking for like marketing jobs? Cause you did this in your free time for fun. Um, why don't you do that? And I was like, no, one's going to hire me for that. Like I've like, I kind of went to school for it, but I don't have any, like, real experience in this, and my mom, she, once she gets something in her head, she'll, like, start sending links and all this stuff, so she started sending me links for different marketing jobs, and I was like, oh, what the heck, like, let me just apply, 
And so I ended up getting a couple interviews and one of them specifically that I later ended up getting the job, they, I found out, interviewed a couple people and it came down to me and this other person. This other person had like a four year marketing degree. They had the experience, but for some reason, I was just super excited about it, super passionate. They saw results that I had, um, you know, just by myself. So they ended up hiring me. I ended up working with them for quite a few years. I started as like a marketing administrator and then moved up to like marketing manager. And later on, um, my husband and I ended up moving to Georgia and we like negotiated with the company that I was at that I was like, Hey, like, do you mind if I start working part time remotely, um, while we make the move and they agreed. And before, before we made that move, like I already started getting freelance clients on the side. So I was kind of thinking like, okay, I'll work with them part time as we move. And then I can continue working on my business. And that's how I started my business. I started as a freelancer and then eventually it grew. And now we have four people on the team and it's just growing and it's super exciting. <laughs> so cool. I'm like, so looking forward to hopefully my <laughs> transition a year from now. Like, yeah, like it was really scary at first. And now I have like four people on my team. Is that like, that's so cool. Like you're living my dream. <laughs> Yes. And it has been like a year's time, like a year and a half time. Like it happens so fast. It's crazy. Um, it's crazy. Like how, with, like if you put your mind to something and then you're just consistently working at it, it's crazy what can happen. I would have never imagined my life now a year ago. <laughs> God, that's so crazy. I, we're totally going to dig into that in a moment, yes. <laughs> but I want to talk about the transition from West coast to East coast. Cause you live in Georgia now, which is like literally the entire nation across from California. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like how that was and how like the culture shift was and why you guys decided to do that. Yeah. Um, whenever anyone hears, they're like, what you moved from California to, to here? Like, are you crazy? <laughs> um, but we love it. It's definitely very, very, very different. So the reason for our move is so once we had our, son, we started looking at life completely differently. Like before him, I was like, I am never leaving California. I'm a California girl at heart. I love this place. Never want to move. Once we had Theo, like complete mind shift. Like we started looking at life completely differently of, you know, what kind of lifestyle do we want? What kind of family lifestyle do we want? We just started like talking about these things and quickly realized that California was really not the place for us. Um, you know, in addition to being like super expensive. <laughs> so the lifestyle that we wanted to have and like the house that we wanted to live in and just what we wanted to have for our family, like it seemed super unrealistic. And if it was realistic, it was maybe like 10, 15 years down the road with just how crazy California is um, in regards to like just housing prices. Yeah. Um, and the lifestyle it was just like, I love California. There are people there on a, such a hustle, they're grinding, but, um, I don't know. It just wasn't the family lifestyle that we wanted. So we started looking into different things and my husband had George on his heart and I had George on my heart, but we never talked about it with each other, which was so weird. Um, and we ended up talking about it. And I think the biggest thing probably was we attended a church that originally started in Georgia. So we did meet people who lived in Georgia and we were around people who lived in Georgia. So it wasn't like completely random, 
but my husband knew that I never wanted to move and leave California. So he like never said anything. And then one day I was like, what do you think about Georgia? And he was like, what? Like, no way. Like, yeah. Like he's like, I've been thinking about Georgia for months. So we started researching it and we were obsessed. We researched Georgia literally every single day for like a year. We researched, like we probably watched all the YouTube videos that people have on Georgia, even like the random ones of people just driving down the street. Cause we, we've never been. And we just wanted to look at like, what, what is life like in Georgia? We're like obsessed. We told our friends and family, everyone thought we were crazy. All our friends and family had no idea anything about Georgia. They thought like it was, we were going to live with like hillbillies out in the boondocks. Like they, they didn't understand anything. Like they didn't know anything about Georgia. Um, and you know, we're like, we're going to visit Georgia and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, go visit. Like no one, no one thought we were going to actually like it, but we fell in love and I was nervous because I thought Georgia looks good on paper, like in comparison, but I was like, I, I was scared that I'm going to visit and it's not going to feel like home. Like I'm not going to feel it in my heart. And I was so shocked that it was completely opposite. We came here and I was like, wow, this place is gorgeous. Like so much green in California. It's, I never realized like how much of a desert it is. Um, going back to California, I was like, dang, it's like really brown here. But you know, (laughs) we live, (laughs) we live by this humongous lake. And it's super green here. The people are so nice. Like Southern hospitality is such a real thing. Um, The prices are like literally four times less than California, not just housing, but like literally everything like gas, internet, utilities, stuff in the grocery store, like everything is so much less expensive than California. And I don't know, it's just, we feel like we love it here. I think it's the best decision we've ever made. And all of our friends are shocked. They like, once we visited California, they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're not going to like it. We liked it. We moved. Everyone's like, you guys will be back in a year. Um, Because Californian people are very proud, very proud to live there. And I was like that too at one point. But um, I don't know. It's just been, it's been different. Like definitely culture shock. Definitely things are slower here. People are not as up to date on like internet times. Um, It's a lot more conservative than California, but for the most part, we like, we really like it. That is awesome. I have never visited, but I've only heard good things about it. Um, Anyone that's spent even like a very small amount of time, they're like, oh my gosh, like Savannah, Georgia was beautiful. I would totally live there. Just even Atlanta. I heard like Atlanta's got like a really awesome restaurant scene. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's like, it's what I, I've never been to like Seattle or Oregon, but it's like what I would picture Oregon being like with just all the greenery. Oh yeah, I so I have a ton of family in Oregon, so that okay. actually puts a picture in my head. I can totally okay. <laughs> so since I specialize in fat loss, I've had a few women come to me for, you know, tips on postpartum weight loss, and I've never had a baby before, so I cannot personally relate <laughs> to this. Um, yeah. But I wanted to ask you, um, what were some behavior patterns that you switched or adopted after you had your son that helped you shed the baby weight? Yeah. So when you told me you were going to ask me this question originally on Instagram, I was like, oh dear God. (laughs) Um, You clearly don't look like you ever had a baby. So. (laughs) Well, that is sweet of you because I feel like this is something I'm still struggling with and I feel 
it, like it's up to the point he's almost four so it's like I really can't use pregnancy as an excuse but pregnancy changed so much for me and let me start with telling you what not to do when you're pregnant okay oh excellent <laughs> um so I had him pretty young um I had him gosh I'm like not even remembering <laughs> how old I was uh, <laughs> I think like 22 23 something like that um and everyone's like, you're so young, you're going to lose it so fast, like, um, you know, like, you're just going to have no problem. I'm like, great, I'm pregnant, I'm going to use this as an excuse to, like, eat anything I want whenever I want, like, I think the first trimester we were being healthy, I was eating, like, kale salads, blah, 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 then... Then, like, cravings hit, and are they real? I don't know. I, I mean, at some points, some points, cravings are real. I think I cried one time because <laughs> Ralph's or, like, Kroger ran out of carrot cake, and I cried. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, um, I use that as an excuse to, like, eat so much whenever I wanted. And really, when you're pregnant, you're really only supposed to eat 300 more calories, which is like nothing, right? Uh -huh. But we would be like, you know, sitting, watching a movie, it's like 9 p.m. And I'm like, you know what sounds really good right now? And my husband's like, well, I was like, Del Taco. <laughs> get me three tacos, get me a quesadilla, get me a churro, like, all, like, and like, that was like, every week, multiple times, like, not even exaggerating. It was bad. Yeah. So I think I was like, 120 before I got pregnant and then I gained like 60 pounds in my pregnancy, which is not healthy. Wow. Not is healthy. Normal, is the normal like 30? 30, 30, 25 to 30. Um, and you know, when you're going nine months with this lifestyle, cause in my head I'm like, Oh, whatever. Like once I have the baby, I'm just going to go back to my normal, my normal, but nine months of habits is not so easy to just like, oh, all of a sudden go back to what you're eating and doing before. So I had like such a big struggle afterwards because I also never had to lose weight. I never, like I was just always maintained. So I didn't, like my mind just couldn't comprehend like how to deal with that. And I feel like the first 20 to 30 pounds went off pretty easily um, just with like walking and getting out and moving and kind of eating cleaner but the last like 20 to 30 were so hard and it's still hard if I'm being honest with just like even losing all of that completely because, um, and at this point it's like me, like I have to like make a conscious choice for my lifestyle to eat better and move more. But definitely after it was so hard to get back to like eating how I used to eat. So my next pregnancy, whenever that happens, I am like, I will not be using that as an excuse to just like eat whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So if you could like, I have, I actually just have like two or three friends that either just had a baby or they're very like about to have one. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say are some good things to do like right after you have your baby? I think so you can't work out like the first six weeks, but I would like take a lot of walks and like, I think that helped a lot because like the first few months, like I did lose quite a bit of weight just by getting out and moving again. And then after six weeks, you can start beginning like light exercise. So just being consistent with that and just being aware of like your portions. Um, I think like, I don't know, 
I hear it comes off easily. And like the first 20 to 30 came off pretty easily just by doing that and just being consistent with it, even though it's hard when you have a baby, but even like taking your baby on a walk for like a couple miles in the stroller, it's good for them too, to get fresh air. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So pivot, you specialize <laughs> in website design and SEO, and I've got some listeners that have either side hustles or full-time businesses that they operate online, service-based businesses specifically. Um, can you talk about what is essential to have on the homepage of your website? I know you have like a freebie that you have on your website to describe this, but can you talk about it a little bit too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I totally forgot to mention in my introduction, so I have a marketing agency. <laughs> Um, and (laughs) I'm like, I don't even, I think I just completely, I like switched over that part, but we have a, I I work in marketing. So we have a marketing agency and this year. We started to really niche down to more websites and SEO. We used to help with social media and email marketing, but I've seen such a better result with just focusing on websites and SEO. So that's become our like bread and butter. And we've done so much research on, you know, just how important websites are, what's the most important thing to have on your website. And basically your homepage is the most important page on your website because if a potential customer visits, most of the time they get onto your homepage and if they can't connect and they don't resonate with your message, they're just gonna exit out and find another company who they resonate with. So you wanna make sure that your homepage tells them who you are, who you serve, and like why should they trust you. So we have a freebie if your listeners want to download this. It's at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash eight sections. And it's basically the sections that you need on your homepage. But the first thing that they need to see is they need to see a picture that resonates with your industry that's going to be inspiring to them and a tagline that says who you are, who you work with. So it's similar to like that Instagram bio line that everyone's been talking about, like your I help statement. Mm-hmm. just so people are like oh my gosh yes this is who I am this is the help I need the second section is you have to remind them where they are at now so like your website says I help um like for you for example you help what's your statement so mine is I actually just morphed mine a little bit I did uh I help women go from chronic dieting to simple fat loss by recreate by creating restriction free habits okay so that's like your thing and someone's like oh my gosh yes like I need that so your your next section would remind them where they at so they're like this is where you want to be but you're not there yet so you could be like are you constantly trying to find a new diet are you you know struggling to lose weight are you blah 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 like so you're hitting on these key points that the person's like oh my gosh yes yes this is what I'm struggling with then you show them your authority. Like before you even show them your services, your testimonials, you're like, this is why you should trust me. So I like to put at least three types of stats that show people why you have the authority in that space. So it could be like, how many years have you been in business? How many people have you helped? How many people on average, you know, lose, how many pounds do they lose on average? Just things that people are like, wow, she's legit. She knows what she's talking about. Then you have your services, then you have your testimonials, that's like building the trust, because first you have to hit them with like, yes, this is what they're struggling with, this is why I have authority, and then they're like, okay, then you should tell them why you should trust them, and then one thing that I like to add in our website, and I got this from Donald Miller, he's the author of Building a Story Brand. I have his book Um, on my bookshelf right now. You do? Okay, (laughs) it's so good, but so I got this next step from him, but and I'll, I'll be honest, the whole website formula is based on the story brands, 
like guidelines. I read that book, was obsessed. Um, but it works. So I like to have like a three-step process because a lot of times people might get on your website, but they're nervous to contact you. So having like a three-step process of showing them, okay, once you book a phone call, this is what the process is going to look like. So for us, it's like you book a discovery call, we'll send you a proposal, then we'll begin services. So it could be as simple as that, but just telling people like, okay, you're booking a discovery call, you're not paying, it's free, like we're not going to pressure you, you know, to buy with us, we're just going to have a call to see if we're a good fit for each other. Just giving people that information urges them to contact you. Because if they, like, how Donald Miller describes it is if, like, you're hiking and then you have to cross this huge river and you're telling someone, like, hey, cross it. They're like, no, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know how it's going to look like. I don't know, like, is something going to happen to me? Um, but he's like, hey, cross this river and take these steps, like these rocks. The person's like, oh, okay, I can picture myself doing that. That's not as hard. That seems easy. Um, so it just helps people press the contact button way more often. And then of course at the end have your contact form there. And then if you have a freebie, have that on there as well. Yeah, totally. And I love, one thing I really loved about that book was how he put us as the service provider in like the, the position of the guide. Mm -hmm. I feel like for, at least in the beginning of my business, it was kind of like, I was like, I'm going to do this for you and I'm going to do this for you. And really it's the client that's making the transformation and getting mm -hmm. from it. I'm just kind of dropping the breadcrumbs for them yeah. all the way. Um, and that's a huge, I think, mindset shift um, when you do first get into business. So anyone that's listening, um, position yourself as, you know, the secondary, the helper um, and put your, your clients or whoever you're helping, you know, on the podium. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense. Cause if you think about it, people are buying from you to benefit themselves. Like they don't care about who you are or what you do. All they care about is what you're going to do for them. So I had a huge eye opener reading that book too. It was like, Oh my gosh. Cause I started noticing like so many businesses totally put themselves as the star of this show or like a lot of new business owners do that. And I was like, wow. And then I started paying attention to like, after I read the book, like how all the greats position their customers, their customers are like, on the pedestal and I'm like, wow, wow. Great. Yeah. I like, I think of like Apple commercials when like the app, you know, Apple's not saying like, you know, our iPhone has this and this, and we've sold this many phones, but they position their commercials as like, you know, this is how you can have a great time with your family by using your phone. And so mm -hmm. it's such a big shift, but it's so subtle that I feel like some people miss it. Yeah. So in addition to running your business, you also have a podcast called the Marketing Mindset Podcast, which is phenomenal. And you and I have both discussed how important mindset is when it comes to business and fitness. So what has been the biggest mindset shift that you've had since starting your business? Yeah. So this is such a great question. So I love this question. I always ask it on my podcast and I don't think I've ever been asked this question. Oh, <laughs> yes. No, I love it. Like right before we had our call today, I, I have one of my girls who works with me here and we literally just had like an hour discussion of how important mindset is. Um, but I feel like, so the first, my, I began my mindset journey like a year and a half ago um, and it was crazy just how much mindset affects your growth and how important it is. And 
you know, you hear, I've heard people talk about it before, but until it like clicked for me, I didn't realize like how important, how crazy it, it actually is. But a year ago I was trying to get my business off the ground. I was freelancing. Um, and things just like were not working out, but I also had so many like limiting beliefs about myself, about what I could do. Um, in like what I deserved. And then one day I woke up, I like literally just woke up one day and was like, why can't I do this? Why can't I build this business? Why can't I build it fast? Like I have everything I need. I just need to go out and do it. And I literally like woke up, shifted my mind. Um, I don't know. I just got a fire in my heart to do this. And I was, I wrote down my goals and I was like, I want to make this amount in three months. I want to make this amount in six months. I want to make this amount in nine months, 12 months. I made it myself a two year timeline. And I'm put goals on there that seemed unrealistic to me. They seemed crazy, but I was like, I have nothing to lose. I'm just going to do this. And once you shift your mindset, how it works is like, so they say like what you focus on expands. And the reason it's not like, oh, I'm going to think it into existence, but I'm thinking about it. It's constantly on my mind. So as I'm going into my day-to-day -day life, I'm noticing those opportunities where I can make my goals. And like maybe those opportunities would have been there before, but I probably would not have noticed them if this wasn't on my mind. So I shifted my mindset and I was like, First, I'm believing in myself. This is going to happen. Now I'm looking for those opportunities. And it's just crazy because those goals that I set for myself, like, seem so crazy. And I set my, like, the goal that I set myself for the two-year mark were accomplishing, like, I accomplished it a year later because I was just so on fire. And I was like, no, this is going to happen. I'm going to believe it. And um, just a, another quick example. So my husband, he's doing this new, like, workout thing and this one guy that he's been like studying and listening to he's like some scientist and this guy was talking about how mindset works even with like food and I was like stunned by this example but he was saying that you know if you're trying to diet and you're not eating sugar and you're fasting like say if you're doing intermittent fasting I think that was the example I could totally be wrong but <laughs> the example was something along the lines of like say if you're intermittent fasting and or like you're just not eating sugar, you're cutting sugar out in, in general. But then you have a Coke Zero. Doesn't have sugar in it. But he said that scientifically your body reacts the same exact way if you were having sugar because your mind is like, oh, this tastes like sugar. I, I'm thinking I'm getting sugar. And I was like, that is such a powerful example of how powerful mindset is. Like... I was like, we need to have a podcast episode about that. <laughs> yes, I totally, I, um, I read, I was actually on a different podcast episode with someone about mental health. And there was a study that I read um, about a neuroscientist who had worked with war veterans, ones that had um, lost a limb um, in battle or, or whatever. And when that happens to someone, they still feel an immense amount of pain as if they still had that limb. And wow. so um, the neuroscientist brought in just like a mirror that would reflect back that they still had that body part attached to them. Wow. And it totally got rid of all of their pain, which was, I was like, that's crazy. So totally like what we see, like visually what we see and like 
just, I think the behavior, if we replicate it to be, and I talk about this with my clients all the time, um, Mm -hmm. how to change habits. Um, and I think we talked about it on your podcast too, but, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's so psychological. It's crazy, but it's so powerful. I know. I know. And ever since I got into this mindset, cause before it was like, Oh, what is this? Like woo woo stuff. Like, I don't know. Like I feel like the normal average person, they're just like, okay, okay. How powerful is mindset? But it's, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. It's so crazy. I I I'm the first one to be skeptic about like skeptical about just woo woo stuff. Like I'm the first person to like raise an eyebrow, but there's been some stuff that's happened to me in the past few months where I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> there's yeah, no way there's yeah, not something yeah. <laughs> no, and I was, I was right there with you. I was the biggest skeptic. I was the biggest like, okay, like, <laughs> okay. But I had this shift and then my first experience, like my first mindset book, which I, I talked to you about was um, You're a Badass at Making Money. That was the first book that introduced this to me. And I started applying what she was saying and things just started happening that I was like, there is no way this is not real. Like I totally believe what she's saying. And then moving forward, I started reading more books about billionaires and successful people, think and grow rich, all this stuff. And in all of their books, they all had the same exact thing. And the majority of their books was about mindset. So I'm like, if these people all talk about the same thing, like it must be real. So I started applying those principles into my own life. And I saw like huge transformation and I will say like, I feel like mindset is something we have to consistently work on because with growing pains come new challenges. And even though like, I feel like I'm so much farther ahead than I was a year and a half ago, I'm still, you know, getting new challenges, new limiting beliefs that I have to like consistently work my mind (laughs) to like believe in myself. (laughs) Like what they say, like new levels, new devils, right? Yes. Such a true thing. Such a true thing. So you and I met at Pays to be Brave, where they talked a ton about the mindset stuff. And um, something that was really monumental for me was just finding a tribe of other entrepreneurial women that really, truly get Mm -hmm. it. And in fitness or in any transformation that you take in your life, I think it's really important that you have a community, like a pseudo family that is there to really connect and support you. What are some tips you would recommend for someone trying to find their tribe, whatever it may be? That is great. Are you talking about business or fitness? Let's do, let, let's go fitness. Okay. <laughs> you, can do, you can elaborate on both if you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, for business, go to conferences. <laughs> God, seriously. I like, I was telling people when I got back, I was like, I'm addicted. (laughs) I know. That was actually my first business conference as well. And I was like, I cannot believe I haven't done this before. Right. Same. I should have done this like when I was in college. Like what the heck? (laughs) Right. It was so fun. It was so good. I'm so excited for Chicago 2020. (laughs) Oh, me too. I can't wait. (laughs) Um, But no, yeah, for like business and then I'll go into fitness. But business, I feel like, you know, it's, it's hard because I, in my day-to-day life, like most of my friends are not entrepreneurs and this is something that I want to talk about every single day. Um, but it's hard, but like I just started connecting with people through Instagram and online and I connected with Camille originally and she had like a mastermind with girls. It was just like a handful of girls that we'd get together on calls every so often and talk about our business struggles. How can we help each other? So, I mean, that sounds, I, I don't know, does that sound weird? Like meeting people online being like, hey, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> like help each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like having the podcast, I think helps because it makes me like 
reach out to more people, get connected with people. But I mean, if you can't find people in your hometown with like through networking events, like finding people online that are in the same spirits as you, I think that works. I think for fitness, um, so I do have like a few friends, you know, that we have similar goals. So it's easy to be like, okay, let's set up a workout date together. Um, and sometimes it is hard because I feel like as adults, we're all so busy, but I know what's found for me is if I go to like a class, um, and you go to that same time, you like start meeting people and you start connecting with them. And I, that's kind of how I've made friends in the fitness. <laughs> Yeah, 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 definitely. Like, account, it kind of provides that low level accountability. It's just like, this is a class. I want to go to it, and I know my friends are going to be there. So yeah. I'm going to freaking go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. So, being an entrepreneur is a very sedentary lifestyle, oftentimes a lonely one. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. work long hours at the computer. Um, time management is like super key to prioritizing um, being just productive um, and maintaining our sanity <laughs> as yeah. well. Um, how do you manage yourself and your just day-to-day -day life balancing family work and self-care? Yeah. So that's a great question. I was, I got to a point where I was really bad at this because I like became like a workaholic <laughs> because I love my business. I wanted to see it grow and I became very obsessed. But recently I like took a step back because I started burning out so crazy to the point of like, I wasn't creative. I like, it would take me like twice as long to do tasks because my mind was just so burnt out. So a few months ago, I started really like prioritizing time management and making sure to not just work 24 <laughs> seven. Um, so I actually have a podcast episode about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, let me see what it's called real fast. So it's tips on how to avoid burnout in entrepreneurship. But basically I started, the very first thing that I started to do is like forcing myself to take weekends off because I, I didn't, I like, I love to work. Like my husband like laughs at me because he's like, he's like, I go to work. He's like, I work cause like I kind of have to work. He's like, you work because it's like a gift to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that in my bones. <laughs> I'm like, this is true. Like, I love to work. And especially when now that we're working on our own thing, it's so much more beneficial to us, you know? Like, because we're not working for... If I was working for somebody else, I probably wouldn't have worked as hard. But when you're working for yourself and you're the person who's reaping the benefits, like, yeah, I want to work 24-7. Um, but that's also not good for your mental health. <laughs> and um, so anyway, so first things first is like forcing yourself to take weekends off. That was the first thing that I started doing. And like that little thing, just I started seeing so much mental clarity because like having a break, taking a step back and then coming back on Monday, I felt refreshed. I felt like new ideas were coming in. I was super excited to work. But also in your day-to-day -day tasks, so I'm a huge like planner and organizer. So in the be or in the end of every month, I'll look at the month ahead and I'll schedule my tasks. And then on either Friday, I will schedule my tasks for the next week. So I like organize my days day by day. I try to typically take one day where I take all my phone calls and meetings in one day. So I don't have to like work on projects. And then when I do start my day, I'll start the hardest project first so I can get that done and then like not worry about it. And yeah, just... Um, just scheduling everything, making sure that, you know, I try to be ahead of my deadlines, 
And I, I really got to say, like, having a team helps. So if I even say, like, if you can, I know hiring a VA is super scary, but even if you have someone start for, like, five hours a week, and you could do, like, a trial run for, like, a few weeks and just see how much it helps, but it's crazy. Like, it's been so beneficial having a team to, like, hand off projects to help you with certain things, then you're able to take more time off or take more clients on. But really, like, organizing your schedule and forcing yourself to take a break like I have to force myself to stop working at a certain time in the evening so we can have family time and you know hang out with my son and force myself to take weekends off and I I used to force I have to force myself when I was like in my like workaholic stage now I'm like enjoying that time and like you know the balance is key I'm definitely in the workaholic mode right now (laughs) yeah but I feel I'm struggling because I feel like it's so necessary to have like my infrastructure in place and like just yeah foundation built so I'm like there's no way around it mm-hmm. definitely, I'm definitely still battling with that yeah I feel like we'll go through phases because definitely like I'm seeing you know like I have certain goals for 2020 and I'm definitely like finding myself like oh my gosh like I just want to get this done because it's going to help me in the long run but if you do start yourself feeling like oh my gosh I'm tired I'm not creative like definitely take a step back <laughs> I think I need to do that. <laughs> yeah. So I always like to ask my guests what trials of fitness that they've been put through in whatever capacity, physical, mental, emotional fitness. So what is something big that you had to overcome and how'd you do it? Gosh, this is, this is an interesting question. I'm like trying to think because <clears throat> so I, I, I saw your little notes and I had something in my head to say. But now in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just thought of something. I totally forgot I did. But um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so what I was going to say, like I most recently was like just losing baby weight after because I never had to lose weight before. My mind couldn't even comprehend like what to do because it's so different than just maintaining. Right. So that's recent. But if you talk about just in general, I totally forgot this happened. But um, one time I like ran a marathon. <laughs> what? That's huge. <laughs> you ran a marathon. <laughs> um, a long time ago. But like, um, it was just one of those things. It was like, I was like, it was like middle school, but we ran the whole marathon and we had like a marathon club. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a fun challenge. <laughs> my parents are like, you hate running. Like, why are you like trying to do this? Like, you don't have endurance. Like, but I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And I think maybe that's being like my type three on the Enneagram personality of like, oh, yes. no, I'm an overachiever. <laughs> you think I can't do this? Watch me. Okay. <laughs> um, so we trained for like nine months and hard. It was hard. It was like, I never want to do that ever again. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. <laughs> no, it's, I, it I never even. so hard. And I think it was more hard mentally than, I mean, it was hard physically, but I think like mentally, like those last, like once you hit 22 miles to that last, like 26.2, like, oh my gosh, that was, that was horrible. I so I did 10ks and then I had my knee surgery and so they were like you can't long distance run anymore so I totally had aspirations to do a marathon and like now the more I think about it I'm like ugh, I don't know (laughs) I don't know and I like look but I'm like looking at myself now I'm like I have no idea how the heck I did that but 
like I don't know just keep going be consistent be persistent (laughs) just like in business (laughs) yeah seriously so many (laughs) so many overlaps (laughs) yeah yeah so what's next for you what are your goals for your business what are goals for your fitness in the next year or two yeah so for business wise I want to um like more than double what we did this year for next year. So we've got like a few things going on. I'm, I'm going out more into sales because this year I was still involved with a lot of client projects and being into the day-to-day tasks. Now I'm at a point where I'm going to go out and sell. So that's like my new thing, which I haven't really had to do before because it's always been super organic just through websites or Instagram or referrals. We've grown pretty organically up to this point, but next year is like, I'm going out to sell like crazy and we're thinking of maybe launching a few like product type stuff in the next year. Um, so we'll see. But as far as fitness, so this year it was like a workaholic. I was obsessed with working. Um, I don't regret it because it's gotten me where I am now. And I think like that was just a stage that I needed to be in to make like to just set the business up for success. But this next year I do want to prioritize prioritize my health more because that is something that I definitely neglected this year because I was just obsessed with working to be honest so I (laughs) I really want to like incorporate a good consistent schedule with moving and working out and just being very conscious of like what we're eating portion sizes because honestly all of that this year I've just completely neglected so next year I really want to prioritize that because that's important too in the long run (laughs) oh yeah totally um and where can the good people find you on social so i love instagram that is my platform of choice and they can find me at maria bentz and i spell my name a little different it's m-a-r-i-y-a and also i have the marketing mindset podcast if they want to hear all about marketing and business and mindset and i interview other entrepreneurs and ask them how they kind of got their start and get inspiration for listeners. And I also have a ton of episodes with like tactical marketing tips that people can use. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time to come on here. I'm so excited to air this episode. I'm actually doing kind of like a, a bundle release of episodes next week because I've had to a hiatus. So they're all going to come out next week. And yeah, I'm so excited. excited. And uh, yeah, so everyone, if you need any help with marketing anything if you've got a service-based business um need some help adjusting your website maria is the person to go to um so with that thank you so much yeah thanks for having me